ओर्न सती पश्यताक्षयंगनम प्रत्यायती गता पुनर्नदिवशा कालो जगद्भक्षक लक्ष्मीस्तोयतरंगभंगचपला विद्युच्चल जीवित तस्मागत शरणद O Lord, with the passing of every day, the duration of life is sin to shorten, and youth decays. The days that are gone never comes back. Time verily is the devourer of the world. Fortune is as fecal and short-lived as the ripples on the surface of water, and life itself is momentary. like a flash of lightning therefore o thou refuge of all do thou protect us even now who are seeking refuge in thee alone om shanti 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 peace 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 be unto us today <clears throat> our topic was liberation while living and we got sami tathagatanand ji from new york so we want to take the advantage of his presence though he will be the speaker next sunday the 29th here but i will say a few words about my topic and afterwards sami ji will be speaking his subject whatever comes in his mind you know shami ji is coming from new york and he is so loving towards us that he used to come every year but probably uh, he does not love us that much he moves to us <laughs> <laughs> he goes to other places but this time he kindly again remembered and came and we are extremely happy uh, he has no formalities you know those you know he is very close to us very op- very loving and caring he may shout at you but you know that's your blessings <laughs> because he loves he loves very dearly and we are very fortunate to have him with us today and uh he is a prolific writer his books are really worth reading it is not translation type but it is really a scholarly work particularly there are many books at least this book you have seen probably light from the orient you read this book you will be charmed with his as research work and how he presents it journey of the upanishads there is another book so if you are interested you can purchase it today and he is there he can sign also i think i'll i'll make him uh, request him to sign if you can anyway so we will we are very fortunate to have him with us today and we are happy that he will be speaking next sunday also here in this temple now let me go to my topic a little bit uh we were talking about the topic as liberation while living as a long time passed probably you have forgot what we uh, talked about last time 
This is the second phase of that series, and there will be another third talk on that topic. So liberation while living means what we want in life, we want in life freedom. Freedom from all types of bondage, psychological, emotional, intellectual, external, internal, all types of problems. <coughs> we want to master that, we want to go above that. And that is the cry of every human personality. Not the human personality, but it is the cry of every created being. Swami Vivekananda said, freedom is the song of the soul. Uh, the purpose of life, as has been mentioned in the scriptures, is jivan mukti, shukha prapti, the happiness, the joy of being in this life and enjoying the blessedness of the divine which is within. So that is the purpose of life. Otherwise there is no meaning, as the scripture says, just to be born and to have some experience of pleasure and pain, some days crying and weeping and some day gone, just like vanish. That is not the purpose of life. Purpose of life is this, that we must have to have that experience here and now. And also there are other philosophies. After death you go to heaven. That is one philosophy. But this is a greater philosophy, that it is to be found here and now and this moment. And that is the intention of the scriptures. Because after death, what will happen? People say you go to hell. Uh, there is Kotha Upanishad raised that question. Uh, some say there is some life after death. Many people don't believe even. What is the afterlife? Just enjoy whatever is here. Squeeze it and extract it and drink it. And don't ever think about anything. If no money, then borrow it. And don't pay it back. <laughs> but the life's purpose is something else. Not to be like that. Is some question whether there is a life after death. There is life or not. That is a question. But the scriptures, the ancient saints and sages of all spiritual paths, have showed before us the Christ, the Buddhas, the Ramas, the Krishnas, the Ramakrishnas, Sri Chaitanya, Ramanuja. They have shown to the world and all the Christian mystics and others have shown there is a life and that life of blessedness can be experienced here and now. So this Jivan Mukti is the cry of all of us. And knowingly or unknowingly, we must have to head to this direction of becoming free free from bondage, free from our weaknesses, free from our limited living with limited, being satisfied with the limited joy. We must have to experience unlimited, fathomless, infinite joy. And that is the purpose of life. So, but what is the way out we are talking about today? We'll talk about the three means the scripture has said. I refer to a book which is called Jivan Mukti Viveka. And in that book, it has been mentioned there are three are the ways to get out of this life of misery or bondage. First it says, Katta Jnana, the knowledge, who am I? And what is the reality? What is in the infinite creation? What is within? What is outside? To know this, that is the Tattagyana. 
again and again, again and again. We have talked about that the other lecture, where this our practice should be how to every day to say, who am I? Why am I? What is the goal of life? And what is the reality behind this mundane existence of body, of changeable body, the mundane existence of the outside world? What is the reality behind? That is the first process that day and night one will have to think, who am I? What is the world? What is the reality behind? That is called the Tattva Jnana. A second suggestion has been given in the scripture and that book, Manonasha, because our whole life is only in the level of the mind. Mind is jumping all the time. When mind gets something desirable, we are happy. When it does not, we are unhappy, we cry and weep. So the question is that how we can just pacify the mind in such a way that mind does not get rippled with the little things of life, but it will be peaceful and the infinite glory of the self will be manifest within. So that's the path of meditation or Raja Yoga. It is called Manu Nasha. And the third point was their Bhashanakshaya. That means why we are suffering. We always put the finger to the outside. You are the cause of my trouble. You did something for me. That is the way we always think and we get satisfied there. But this is a scripture. It is a science. It tells all your suffering is within you. Why? You desired something. You wanted to enjoy something or you wanted to even go somewhere and you see one desire and how much disturbance may come in between. So you are having your own which desire is prompting you. That's your point. You can, can you change it? Desiring which is unreal, desiring which will lead to unhappiness or desiring that which will lead to eternity. It's our choice. We can do that. So the important point has been taught there that Bhashanaksaya, the obliteration of the impressions. This is latent impressions. What we are, we are the resultant effect of our latent impressions. We say, we sometimes say, oh, I don't want to do, but I do not know why I do it. It's a latent impression. It has created such an impact. It is a force. And this desire is a force. You cannot sit idle. If some desire comes that I'll go to New York, then you cannot sit idle. Immediately brain starts functioning. And then you think, what is the proper time? And then try, when is the cheap ticket? We can get it. Air ticket. Then you think that which flight, day, night, whatever. See, activity started. Only one thought. And you see how things are. Now you go to the purchase ticket and then go to the airport. Then what happened? Then you are in the uh, yeah, security check and in trouble. <laughs> Again you go and then check everything and your baggage. So you didn't expect all these things. You expected that you will go to New York. But all these things are coming on the, on the way. So this is the nature of the bhashana. And this life is uh, propelled by a force which is called the desire. We have forgotten what we desired. We desired something, but this is the journey going on. And in this journey we are having pleasure and pain, suffering and joy and all this. So can we do something to stop this desire 
which will lead us to the unwanted direction. Can we do something? Yes, it is said, you can work on your desire, what is working inside. So that is the point what is, we'll talk about today. Bhashanakshaya, that means obliteration of the latent impressions. What is coming out in the front, we can, which is, comes up, we can control that. But what is subtle way working, it is very intricate. First of all, we have to fight with the, what is in the surface. And then we have to see how we can reduce those. Is it necessary? Putting the question, is it necessary? I am desiring this. How much I need it? If I get it, what I shall gain? Analyze. Based on discrimination, we can adjust our desires. And we can put a direction into that desire which can help us to have some type of joy which is uh, for a better joy or you can say that joy which will be a lingering joy, abiding joy, that can be managed. So there are this, uh, so long we have our, this desire, so desire will lead us to birth after birth and lead us to imperfection because this any desire we, we think about, it is not infinite. It cannot give us infinite reality. So desire only who you are to identify yourself in that level. So there are different Upanishadic, the Upanishad are the sages who have described this truth. He said that in the, this desire may be of two types. Bhāsana divida prakta shuddha cha malina cha tatha. There may be one type which is called shuddha, pure. Another is called impure. What is called impure? What is the definition of impure desire? The scripture says that malina janmahetu shat. That is called impure, which brings birth and rebirth and pain and suffering. And shuddha cha janma binashini. That is called the pure desire, which is, which just dissolves the very root of being born or to suffer anymore. So these are the two uh, definitions of uh, bhashanas. And this bhashana is impure. Now pure bhashana we understand. Pure bhashana is thinking of God, the divine, uh, which is perfect, pure, eternal, undying, absolute, unchanging. Thinking of that. But this impure vasana, we live in that and they have analyzed it in a very uh, elaborate way that it says that there is one vasana, it is called loka vasana. That means desiring to be very much praised by the people in the world. Loka, the people will praise me. I'll be somebody. I'll be in the TV. I'll be in the news. My name will come up here. And how we feel joy. If someone in the whole Los Angeles Times, eh, LA Times, eh, maybe every day publication is coming out. One day, somewhere in one line, in the bottom of the 16th page, down, my name comes up. Oh, my God. I'll be popped up. Oh, what I have become. This is a desire. And I want the second time I will have in the, uh, some important area. And suppose my picture comes in the newspaper. What will happen? Oh, my God. I'll be floating in the heaven. 
so this is the people run for these things and think, ah, what an accomplishment in life. What it matters? Every day, how many millions of newspapers in the world, they are publishing so many millions of names. Do we care for them? This is the analysis. This is lokubhasana. Desire to be popular, desire to be very somebody in, in the eyes of the people and then getting great uh, recognition. This is one bhasana. But you analyze, you find its futility. Better be who you are. Better be in your joy so that you be such a person that your, your face will shine huh? and no one will, will be able to take away that, that peace and solace from you. Is it a greater achievement or this, this way of finding some pleasure? This is called lokovasana. There is then another. It happens with uh, the, like teach, many preachers like us hmm, who are, I know so much sastras. Right? I can quote Vihadaranak, I can quote Chandagga, I can quote this book, that book, that book. All the books of the world. They say desire. I love to read this book. I love to, I have not studied this book. See, many of us, good people, spiritual, we are trying to lead, but we feel very bad. Oh, I have not read that book. I love to read this book. I love to, are you what to read more? <laughs> For understanding the truth, how much to read? Only read what is eternal, what is non-eternal. What can give us perfect joy, absolute joy, and what cannot. If we know that, as Ramakrishna said, you know that story. So he's one of his disciples, his name was Hari. And Hari, he became Turiyananda. And he was studying the Vedanta and all these things. And he couldn't come to meet Sri Ramakrishna for some days. And Sri Ramakrishna inquired, what happened? Then he said... Yeah, somebody said, no, he's studying Vedanta. But then, <laughs> anyhow, one day, that Hori came and said, what are you studying? I am studying Vedanta and all these great books. Then he said, what is there in your Vedanta? Is it not that God is the only real and everything else is changing and uh, unreal? And Hori Maharaj said, like a flash, he got the key point of all the scriptures. Shankaracharya said, what is there in the scriptures? I will tell you in a happy verse the entire meaning of the, all the Vedic wisdom. Slokardhena pravakshami jaduktam grantha kotivi millions and trillions of scriptures, what he has said, I can squeeze you in a happy sentence. Brahma sattam jagan mitha. Brahman alone, God alone is real. Jagat mitha, the jagat, the world as you see, is changing. It is not that as I see. Jiva, Brahma, Jiva, Naparo. And you, Jiva, you are nothing but Brahman. You are that, that infinite. So, how much to read? But that is a desire to read the scriptures, to quote the scriptures. This is a pleasure of the intellect. Then, third bhasana is important. Of course, I am not going to detail because we have no time today. Uh, of course, I have no time any day. <laughs> the third vasana is the deho vasana. That means we want to have a good body, pleasurable, and always to have some to fulfill the pleasures of the body. And that also is, takes us deluded 
because yeah we need a sound health good living good thing but that purpose of that should be directed to god realization or to have a good living we need a good body but the question is that we overdo as i sometimes eh, jokingly say eh, lift, face lifting uh, or doing such surgeries how much how much torture to the body to look as if uh, people will say oh you look beautiful i am beautiful by myself god has created me is it not everyone is beautiful because god has created in his own image so why not be satisfied with that beauty and changing and torturing the body anyhow that is also attraction is that i will be looking beautiful in the eyes of others so that is also and also for that reason misunderstanding body to be the uh, be all and end all of life and the pleasure and pain of the body is everything but we'll have to die one day how can you hold on to the body that that's why it is said dehobashana or the this identity this desire to keep this body and not to keep this body we all want to keep this body alive but the question is that uh, this uh, this does not bring ultimate joy because body itself is temporary how much you hold on you cannot keep your youth all the time you will be like us <laughs> so the time will take us you cannot hold on how much you do things but this is the changing cycle of birth and decay and the six six changes in the uh, after birth as he said asti jayate bardhate viparinamate apakshiyate mrittu these are the six stages of body everybody you are born you are born uh, then you you are you are you exist in the mother womb then you come out as a child born born asti jayate bardhate divne you grow viparinamate uh, then it grow to the full then you decay and then disease and other things come and decline and one day gone from the world nobody remembers few days they will say ha who and then you forget everything <laughs> some days they will take a flower to the uh, uh, graveyard or something like that and then afterwards they forget who remembers anyway <laughs> but now so this is the stages we need to reach that point that when we can address these bhashanas and these are molina vasana these are impure vasana because that is always taking us to the little identity of ours and little joys of ours followed by tremendous amount of suffering and pain but which is shuddha that means directed to the right direction pure 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 desire that liberates one that gives the freedom from birth and death so that vasana this book has described very wonderfully i will only say quickly they have got six steps of this stages of losing this bhashana making it pure and purer and purer and purer six steps first of all it has said you analyze if it does not give you the desired end so why will you follow that desire why you will run for that desire but this we may say but we cannot give up so it is not that you experience the world this first step is called the you give up the desire for the mundane things which ultimately will not bring joy and suffering 
hey, pain, hey, joy and solace and peace and happiness. So to give up that. Why? Because the point is that when we enjoy something, we experience something, that experience may give us joy, but it creates a suppressed impression in us which goes down. That's why it is, it's a, a, a new impression is created into our mind when we do anything in the world of non-eternal life. Now, if you do this, then even if you don't ex- enjoy in the physical plane, the objects and the senses, they always get connected. If you don't do that, there is another final level when it comes in the mind. It is called the manavasana, manasavasana. The desire which you can only mentally enjoy. And that also, that ma- mentally you can have all these types of, three types of desires. And that impressions will, when you are desiring, that is creating one layer of impression. So, be careful about that point. And if you can transcend these two layers, then you start third stage that you think of the holy, pure desires. Uh, as has as been said, the, keep the idea of friendship with people, compassionate, be joyful, and ignore certain things of life. When you are faced with happiness, be friendly with that. When you are in, be compassionate, what is bringing misery, okay, uh, just like that. And you'll be rejoicing when your, uh, something meritorious comes and ignore what pulls you down to some negativity. And then you can keep the peacefulness of your mind. And now, this is the third. That means you accept the holy ideas, noble thoughts, and follow in that direction. That is the third stage. Fourth stage, that even you have tried, the other two states are gone. The physical contact of the senses are gone. You have controlled that desire. Then you are tackling with your mind, mind, mental impression creating, that is also done. And now you go, the third stage, I am trying to think of all these positive thoughts. And then even that should continue to create such a mood that I will be totally going more inward so that detachment for the things of the world will go away. And it is to be practiced every day for a long period and with love. And then we'll have to think of the chit, the consciousness, the absolute consciousness, the, which you call God, which you may say Brahman, Atman, whatever may be the terminology. So think of that chinmatra bhasana. It is called the bhasana centered around the consciousness on which we live. And the fifth said that even you have to give up that attempt that to desire for consciousness. You become then consciousness. You become absorbed into that con- It becomes a natural thinking of yourself and then go above all the dualities of good and bad and everything and then sixth step will come as a result of uh, consciously desiring for the conscious self of our ours will lead to samadhi. So these are the steps that have been mentioned and these are different ways if we watch our mind and then work on it then probably we can gradually understand the implications of these beautiful ideas and we can make our life peaceful. Thank you. And now I uh, request Swami Tathagata Nandaji 
to give his talk, but he'll be talking in the next Sunday also. Please come. And after this, of course, if I forget, I'm telling before, he'll be in the living room. He'll be giving the question answer. If you have any question, and tell me, then I'll convey because, eh? because uh, I'll be there also after this lecture. So, Swami Tathagatamandi. And if you have this book in our bookstore, you can purchase it. Friends, the topic is liberation of the mind. Who is our greatest enemy? Do we know? We do not know anything in the world. We do not know ourselves. We do not know what the world is. We don't know which is the greatest enemy in my, our life. We don't know anything. We simply eat, drink, and be merry. Send some card. Hello, nice to see you. This is our life. Most superficial. So therefore, pains and aches are mounting on our life because we do not want to know where from I came, where I am to go, what is the purpose of life. That's all. The whole question boils down to I understand it, that emptiness, hollowness, meaninglessness of life are constantly plaguing us. We do not know what is the meaning of life, why we are here, what we should do to have little fulfillment, even of liberation. We do not know. It is difficult, but still we have got some understanding for common people like us. We can bank upon the divine who is the greatest friend of human life and who is that God? Is God extra-cosmic or God is somewhere in the picture? God is life. St. John Gospels writes, I am the life, I am the light. Light shineth in darkness, darkness comprehends it not. So life which is being lived by all of us is nothing but a tangible presence of God in the form of life. Scientists cannot create life. They can clone from living cells, they can clone. But life cannot be created. I am not entering into that subject. That is not the subject here now. So just let us try to remember in Gita says seven chapter, Jivodang Sarbhutesu, I am the life with every living being. Life means sentiency. Life means consciousness. This is not conscious, this is not conscious, this is not conscious. But therefore life is hidden, life is hidden. But we are conscious. If you put nitric acid before a small 
but a small animal, it will bypass it to save its life. It has consciousness. Plant has consciousness. Dog has consciousness. Human being has consciousness. But stock and stone have consciousness, but cannot express it, can enjoy it. Forget about all those things. I am putting this question to, before your mind. You try to think, read books, and if you want to refute my argument, you call New York. <laughs> life is God. The life which is being lived by all of us throughout the ages is nothing but tangible presence of God. And if you've got lemon, you can make lemonade if you know the expertise. So God has given us that lemon and also given us the expertise how to make it lemonade, how to make it sweeter, better, nobler, stabler, and more fulfilling. That's all. So it's life is a journey. Evolutionary life cannot be bypassed. That in journey of life, we are supposed to discover the meaning of life and to some extent try to enjoy life and give enjoyment unto others, which brings fulfillment to our life. Why life is God? Because nobody can exist without the divine being in the form of life. The privilege of human life is too great, too vast, and too deep, too magnificent. We are not happy as a human being where we have not millions of dollars. That is, that is the <laughs> constant origin anxiety. But the human life itself is the greatest privilege. Billions of subhuman species are waiting, constantly calling, sending e email and fax. Make us human beings, make us human beings, don't forget us. But they are not getting that much chance. Subhuman species are much more than human species. That is not helping us in any way. What can help us is that who is the enemy? Enemy is there, enemy is he, see. Enemy is here, right within our mind. Our mind is the enemy, also is the friend. So therefore, the art of living depends upon our quality of life, which has, which has been little developed, more matured, and more spiritual. So Sri Ramakrishna's father, Khudiram Chatterjee, you know, all know, he was driven out from his ancestral home when he was enjoying prosperity with his family because he did not want to tell a lie to his zamindar. So therefore, same, same world, same world, even today you defy a big government, <laughs> your life it has stake. And in those days also, the poor man, he was driven out from the village. 
he did not take any drug, not consulted psychiatrics, not going to the any <laughs> doctor's chamber to be healed, to be composed, to be satisfied. He took his entire burden of living in unknown area, completely ousted from his own habitat, somewhat with happy mind, having deep abiding faith in the divine, who is within and without, not a sparrow falls without his notice. So that is the idea. Any normal human would have committed suicide, or take drugs, alcohol, or murder. But he did not do anything, did not think anything. He simply walked out, simply came, unknown places. Somehow he got some shelter, that is another story. Where from this courage comes? This self-reliance comes, this faith comes, this sense of which a somewhat happy future comes. by having a living faith in the reality of God. In this very world, if there is one thing is true, one thing is real, that is God. If I am dead, I cannot see it. I cannot touch it. If I am kicked, I will not react. But the moment I will ripe, I will react. The world can be seen by us because we are living him. The moment we are dead, we cannot see the world. We cannot know also, nothing. So the entire world, entire world absolutely depends upon the living presence of God within and without. No God, no creation. No perception. And that merciful God, also in our mind, in our intelligence. So we are supposed to control, to some extent, our senses with the help of the mind, which is matured, little spiritual. And if we do not develop that maturity, if we do not practice the art of <coughs> spirituality, naturally we have to suffer. And people are in, all over the world are suffering, both rich and poor, educated, non-educated, suffering due to immaturity of the mind. Education does not help us. Money does not help us. We do not have that insight that our enemy is here creating trouble, giving me hundred millions of troubles throughout my life, but I am not tackling that enemy at all. It will be okay in the course of time, that is not the question. So all scripture says, all healthy tradition says, throughout the ages, that control your rational drives, Give them right focus, 
sublimate them and enjoy to some extent by having that matured mind, educated mind, little spiritually oriented mind. That is the that is the only thing one can do. A rich man, you know, Jacob Boom hardy name, a suicide. Why he was wanted by so many people in the world? Scholars used to flock. Why? He suicide. What he had what he offered? He had some spiritual background. There's gone some experience. So therefore people flocked around him. So hundred even even your Quaker leader, occasionally forget his name. I will come. Quaker leader, he is suicidal. But how he stood in the world in spite of persecution? What he had? No bayonet, no knife, no gun, no White House friendship. By virtue of his own good mind, and deep faith in God, he stood well. That is the whole thing. That mind is waiting to be developed, to be matured, to be tutored, to be well directed. We do not cultivate the potentiality of the mind. We take so many courses throughout the world. All universities will offer many courses. But no university will offer how to have peace in your life. At least I do not know. Is there any university in the whole world who offers summer course for one week or three weeks? How to have peace within yourself? And ten millions of courses are available. So this is the whole thing. Everyone has to take note of the enemy which is lurking within us. And that enemy is the, our own mind. And that enemy can be friendly mind, provided you take pains in tutoring it and maturing it, developing its potentiality in the right direction by developing spiritual attitude. That's all. So Gita also says, everyone has said the same thing over and over again. We must know our, all our troubles are coming from the stupid mind. <laughs> Wicked mind. Uncontrolled mind. Monkey mind. We are telling, oh, she's responsible, he's responsible, he's responsible, he's responsible. The 24 hours we are only pointing our fingers towards others not pointing out fear. So you can lodge complaint, you can win suit, but peace is not available. Try to see that bad sister Lolita, Mrs. Wake Up, who gave this building, that is an old house, where Providence Sami started. He came in contact, three sisters, mid sisters, with Swami Sami stayed to one week, in Patterson House, everybody knows. 
But that is not a question. Giving money and giving little food to the Swami is not a big thing. My point is this, due to her association with Swami, due to her respectful attitude towards Swami, she gained spiritually. Not she became a celebrated, you know, gave a Swami, uh, Swami stayed in her house, a photo, photographer and all those things. She gained spiritually. How? Everybody has got pains and aches. Nobody is free from that. And that's a blessing of human life. Because without pains, without aches, without any trouble, nobody can live in the world. Suppose, <laughs> suppose this Hollywood area, police chief said, for one hour, there's no complaint, you can do anything, everything. You cannot live. You cannot leave that one hour, finish. In spite of all our education, we'll take full advantage of that situation and make everybody unhappy. So pains and aches are like a lease. It has controlled our <laughs> irrational drives. Hmm. Go further, no further. So Brother Lawrence, he wrote the nuns, Pains are nothing but God's gift. Bear with it. Anyway, so this whole thing that this mind, or what I'm taking Lolita, Lolita has everybody else, headache, other troubles, who is free from that? But this common Troubles which are plaguing us can be seen everywhere in the world, in every age. But there's no such remedy, no such assurances, no such little faith that I will be all right. So one day when she was suffering from migraine, unbearable, Swamiji's habit was there wherever he will be, he will keep something as memento. He left his pipe in the mantelpiece. And somehow, she suddenly grabbed that pipe and touched it like that. As soon as he touched, rubbed, he heard a voice. Is it too painful, madam? Swamiji's voice. What does it mean? Magic. No magic. No magic. If you love divine, you are bound to be happy. If you serve divine, you are bound to be happy. If everything fails, this will never fail. He has not failed. People have proved that by virtue of their abiding faith in the divine, they have fared well in the journey of life, left rich legacy for posterity, for the noble life. Lincoln, for example, 
Abraham Lincoln, malice towards none, friendship for all. Who can tell the Sibulet or jargon giving statement like that? No, he was a man of that type. He waged war, but nonetheless, he was friendly towards everybody, even the enemy. Where from it comes? Developed mind, matured mind, cultivated mind, tutored mind, spiritually oriented mind. It doesn't fall from the sky. It is a magic. And he singularly, but <coughs> most important president, on whose name many books are being written even today. Malice towards none, friendship for all. It is not ordinary word. He can be immortal. Edith was one of the Western women who served Swamiji. Swamiji was very pleased with her dedication and service. Swamiji knew that she will not meet again. Swamiji told before departure to Edith, you can imagine so you find it. Edith, if you have any trouble, just remember me. By having that assurance of Swamiji, Edith lived in this world with trouble. But she was not covered down by the threats of the town. He did not want to drugstore to be relieved. Due to that faith in the living presence of Sri Ramakrishna's child, Vivekananda, whom he served, she lived continently, cheerfully. Of course, pains and aches were there. That doesn't mean that they can make us completely depressed, never. That is the role of faith. The little faith that we all have, it cannot be purchased by any dollar. A billionaire, multi-billionaire, having no faith, useless. Where from faith come? From any store, or it can be delivered, or scientists can manufacture faith. No, faith has to be generated within yourself, by thinking of God, praying to God, and living that life. Because God is here. God is answering God, responding God, consoling God, comforting God. Not the God is absent to God somewhere. Uh, cannot be seen. <laughs> God, if there is one thing is real, that is the God. G-O-D and D-O-G, <laughs> dog and God, same three words, but it means completely different. We use the word God, 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 we're, we're tired of the word God. That is true, millions of books have been written <laughs> against God, but still the God is within the heart of human being. And that God, 
is to be invoked, is to be prayed, is to be honored, loved, talked about, discussed, and to be invited in our own heart. Make me feel of your presence. Then this turbulent senses, stupid, wicked mind to some extent will be controlled and you will get a chance to lead a little happy life, not only enjoying happiness but also giving happiness unto others. Say, for example, <clears throat> President Carter's mother, one of us, Swami knew her very well. She was in Bombay at the age of 50, 60 as a Peace Corps. So far, my little knowledge goes. I may be incorrect or correct, I don't know. Ten millions of television always tried to draw her attention because her son in the White House. She never came. She was content to read her own Bible, live her own spiritual life without ever being tempted by the fanfare of media, uh, all this broadcasting. She was, she is not canonized. Nobody, nobody is writing book about her. She was ordinary women, having tremendous living faith in the presence of divine, within and without, and that conviction, that assurance, gave her the strength and motivation to reject all this nonsense. If anybody takes photograph, I take pose. Hey, give me time. <laughs> give me time. I should take pose. They know our We are so cheap <laughs> that we. No, oh, my photograph should be all right. This is not the case. He has got something to live by. And that something has to be acquired by all of us if we want to be happy in the world. Otherwise not. Happiness will never fall from the sky, nor can be produced from any store or delivered by the scientist. Happiness has to be cultivated in our own mind through our own skill by diverting our attention towards the divine, which is nothing but the supreme reality, which brings forth the creation and who is behind this creation. And in the end, this creation will be enveloped by it. So the whole magnificent world absolutely depends upon the divine, which is within and without. So God is not that subject, redundant subject. I may not discuss this because I am young. No. God is your life. How can you forget the Master? who has given you shelter and enjoyment and happiness and peace. It's a betrayal. It is not the 
goodness of any human being remain indifferent or ungrateful to the great host who has given us shelter down the ages. That sheltering God, loving God, fulfilling God, responding God, comforting God, soothing God is within all of us. He is the only reality, supreme reality, and all these realities absolutely depend upon the presence of God within you. Thank you. Now we'll be after this, as I said, you can have some of the books, you can inquire, and this is a very important book, you can, as I tried to say that it is referring to the Indian the past and how it was scientific and how they are referred with all the references of the past and the modern science also. So it's a good book and others also available in the bookstore. So I'll close uh, today with a chant. Om Ashato Ma Sadgamaya Tamasho Ma Jyotirgamaya Mrittur Ma Amritangamaya Om Shanti 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 Hi O Lord, lead us from the unreal to the real. Lead us from darkness to light. Lead us from death to immortality. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all.